reaching 160,000 email subscribers using content marketing with Elias Courier from Wistia, episode 71. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rebel Growth Podcast. I am Borja Beso, and every week I bring you step-by-step growth and only marketing strategies that you can actually implement in your business to see some results. It's my pleasure to have you here, and let's start with another episode now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Growth Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today's feature guest is Elias Courier from Wistia. He's going to share with us how they leveraged their content marketing early on very strategically to grow their company. Listen on, because Wistia is a very big company. It's one of the few companies that I probably recommend. It's a video hosting provider, and you are going to love it. Without any further ado, let's jump right into, right into an interview with Elias. So Elias, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, okay, so I'm a huge fan of Wistia. Uh, I personally wanted to get you guys on the show. I'm a user, I'm a customer, and it's one of the companies that I proudly recommend on my blog as a resource. Um, why don't you? Why don't we begin by telling the audience a little bit about what Wistia is all about and how it got started? Cool. So Wistia is a video hosting platform for businesses. So we have plans with features that basically are intended to allow businesses to kind of customize their videos, create a really professional looking video player so that you can host videos on your website, have really good analytics around video, and also we've moved into having some really awesome features for marketers, so really good marketing integration, stuff that you can use with your email provider, things like that. So that is pretty much what we do. And as far as how it got started, I actually joined back in 2011 but it was started by the two co-founders in 2006. And it initially started as a private sharing tool for video, so for companies who wanted to have internal, private, secure video, which we still do, but we've definitely kind of pivoted away from that being like the core thing. So that was how it got started. And when you joined a company, what was your main task? It's kind of been a funny trajectory. When I first joined, I was working on video encoding. So I graduated from school. I started at Wistia with some computer science background, but I also did a lot of writing. And the job I was doing was pretty much looking at video encodes that were problematic and kind of diagnosing the issues across the entire system. So after a while, all of those issues got fixed by the engineering team. And so they noticed that I was doing a lot of writing and I moved into a marketing position. So at that time, I think the marketing team was pretty much me and one other person. Oh, really? And what were you doing early on for marketing? Early on as a team, we were pretty focused on just content marketing. So I was doing a lot of writing. We had the other person on marketing who was more focused on kind of strategy and tracking our data and things like that. And then we also had a designer and a video producer at Wistia. So they were helping out a lot with the creative assets. And as a video-centric company, a lot of our content was video. So at first, we were creating a lot of content that was more focused on the Wistia product, so just stuff about video hosting. But we realized that 
as far as driving brand awareness, that wasn't really something that was that enticing for new people. So we sort of tried to establish a mission that we could speak to instead. And there were kind of two different things that we were really trying to address, one of which was helping democratize video for everyone. So making video something that all businesses could use, including small businesses who might not have the high budget or be able to outsource to a big agency. But we also, of course, want to enable other companies to work well with the bigger agencies and do these higher budget efforts. But I think early on, the more like low budget stuff was really inspiring for us. And then also, we were really excited about the potential of video to humanize online business. And I think now we see a ton of businesses using video, and it's kind of becoming more of the norm. But back then, it still took a little convincing, and a lot of businesses weren't quite there yet, or there weren't that many case studies that you could point people to for any business using video. There were more of the kind of large, high-budget viral campaigns. So I think one of our big missions content-wise was just to spread that message, too, that anyone can use video in their business and in their marketing and just across all the different functions. And how many active customers do you have to date? Active customers. I actually don't have that number readily available, but I'm a little more keeping track of like our email list and things like that, but I can potentially look it up. But if you want to move along, maybe I can throw that in later. I don't want to hold this up. Sure. Sure, no problem. How many uh, active email subscribers do you have? As far as active email subscribers, right now we are around 168,000, I think, which if we look at our numbers from last year has actually gone down a bit, but it's not because of the actual subscribers. It's because we've kind of pared down the list and gotten rid of a lot of the things that were out of date or not active. So You cleaned yeah. up the house. <laughs> Yeah, so now I feel like we have a more high-quality list, even though last year, around this time, we were at around 173,000, which was 80% growth over where we were in 2014, which was 96,000. Now tell me, who's Wistia's ideal customer? Ideal customer, so we've kind of gone back and forth a little, and I think we've had a couple different messages around that, but... At the moment, I think we're really trying to work with people who want to do more advanced marketing with video. So people who are doing a lot more tracking, people who are trying to do some personalization, segmentation, and really just knowing who their customer is and how they're consuming the content. That's huge for us right now. But I think also we really want to have a tool that's useful across all business functions. So I think our analytics, for example, allow people to kind of see a really good picture of how individuals and how the aggregate are actually engaging with the video. So you can see where they watched, where they rewatch, where people drop off, and you can, from a creative standpoint, alter your content accordingly. Um, but I think also just really focusing on helping people do more advanced stuff with video because there's so much potential to really learn from your content and integrate it with other tools. And uh, you mentioned you were doing a lot of content marketing early on. Uh, what kind of content were you guys creating? We were creating both video and text content. So when we first got started, we just had a blog. And we were doing a good amount of video content there. And then as I kind of started doing stuff, we did a little more written content, some blog posts, case studies, kind of quick tips and tricks, that kind of thing. And then after a while, we decided to create this library, which was launched in 2013. And that was initially just instructional videos that were very predominantly about video production. 
So that was kind of helping us with that DIY video production standpoint on things. And the three to five minute videos worked really well. I think they were pretty addictive to consume, but we also realized that not everyone can consume video all the time. And we wanted to do more kind of mixed media, longstanding resources. So now the library, which is accommodating to both video and long form guide content has replaced the learning center. So now we kind of have the blog, which is a little more about kind of more experimental content or articles or things like that. And then the library is meant to be a place where people can go anytime and find the information they need about how to get started and how to kind of push their video strategy forward. And when you would create a blog post, how would you decide what you wanted to, to blog about? When we first got started, it was quite honestly mostly about, first of all, if there were any big customer questions that were coming up again and again, that was top priority or questions from people who are interested in video. But secondarily, we kind of just went with what we were really excited to create at the time and just pushed it to be as useful, actionable, high quality as we possibly could. And I think early on that actually worked. I wouldn't necessarily advise it for everyone, but I think because we had a video producer on the team who was really talented at communicating the basics and because we just had such a vast range of topics to cover, it kind of worked out. I think as we've grown, we've had to get a bit more strategic and kind of think about the larger company goals, the larger business goals, and really think about who our ideal customer looks like and how we can really pinpoint those people. So now I think we've done a bit more of a sync between product and marketing and being able to say, okay, these are the big product initiatives that are coming up. What kind of content can we create even before that launch that really helps people use that product feature better? Awesome. Um, okay, so do you have like a content calendar? Is there a certain way that you would go about that? Knowing yeah, yeah. Uh, and what challenge you were, you were going to do to to promote it and all that. Mm -hmm. So what I usually do is we have a team Trello calendar where we kind of keep everything listed out, and then whenever we kick off a project, we make like a project planning doc that's attached to the Trello card, so we can say, "This is the campaign. This is the goals of the campaign. This is the target audience." and kind of a post-mortem plan for how we're going to track it and what metrics we're really going to focus on for that campaign. So we do that. We list out how we're going to promote it. We brainstorm ideas. And then after launch, we're kind of ready to just go and we have the creative assets and we can just start promoting. So whether it's posting it on sites like inbound.org and growth hackers to get in front of marketers or trying to get PR coverage in a more production-centric place or doing some paid ads on social mostly, we can really kind of just be ready to go with that instead of scrambling. And I think in the past it was a bit of a scramble. And in the past also we were much more dependent on our own email list to promote things. We would just send the email and kind of magically people would just share everything and it would get out there. But over time we've definitely had to become a little more strategic. I get it. Um, the, what kind of goals? You mentioned you, you had goals for every piece of content that you would create or for every campaign. What kind of goals would those be? Like how, how, how does a, look, a goal looks like? Yeah, so we try to do custom goals for every campaign. We also have our kind of larger team goals that we're trying to reach per month or per quarter. So those are kind of like our guiding beacons. And then within that, we try to do projects that achieve the different things from different angles. So 
one example would be that right now we're really interested in communicating with more advanced marketers. So when we launch something, we usually look not only at the actual number of visitors and the actual number of leads that we're getting from that campaign, but we also really emphasize the percent of those people that we can qualify in our system as those advanced marketers through the criteria that we've set up. So we might say, you know, we want 20% of these to be advanced marketers. And then if we don't see that number coming in, we kind of revisit and say, okay, like, where can we get this in front of more people who fit that profile? And how can we spread the word a bit more among that audience? And if we can't figure that out, then why? And how can we change the future content that we create? And how, how do you measure? How, how do you measure measure how advanced a marketer would be when they read your your post? Um, mostly, we look at what other tools they're using. So, if they enter their email as a lead, we can kind of enrich that data and look at other things that they're using and other indicators that might give us some idea and it's not perfect we're still kind of working on how to really hone in on that information but for the moment we're kind of approximating it through just looking at the other tools that they're using and so do um, I don't know if you know this tool called Clearbit but it basically lets you enrich someone's information based on an email so we can look at whether they're using kind of email providers, marketing providers, things that give us the idea that they might be more interested in some of those advanced marketing tools. Clear bit? Yeah. As yeah. in clear B-I-T? Yeah, that's right. Clear bit. Didn't know about that. It's pretty neat. Okay, and how do you control where, where you're going to get traffic from? I mean, I'm, I know you mentioned you would uh, promote it on certain places. But if you want to get advanced marketers, where would you go to, to, you know, to get them? Right now, a lot of it has been through partner marketing. So we have different partners who are kind of further into the marketing space. I think we've kind of often sort of sat between the more marketing space and the more creative space. And I think we already kind of have that established, like, creative audience. So we're trying to kind of grow the marketing side. So a lot of it has just been choosing the right strategic partners to work with. So for example, we've done co-marketing with Unbounce and Sprout Social and HubSpot, Marketo, Pardot, some of these other companies that have these larger audiences that are definitely interested in the right topic. So that's been really helpful. Um, and they've also just been great for kind of having good information that we can then kind of help promote them as well. So Okay, and uh, when you want when you want to partner up with with them in order to promote your content, how how do you approach them, and how, what do you say, and what do you ask for? I'm honestly not as involved in that side of things. I'm more focused on our internal content, but we have people kind of in business development who build these strategic partnerships, work with people, kind of decide on what we can give them, what they can give us, and come up with things that just feel really good from both sides and that feel like they're going to help everybody's audience. Right. I know that that's kind of the angle that they take on it. Okay. And uh, from a video perspective, I know you, you handle uh, text, but from a video perspective, do you approach it the same way? In when terms of video? the promotion. Yeah, when you create video, in terms of the promotion, yes. Yeah, we pretty much look at video as just part of any campaign. So... Whatever the goals of the campaign are, we'll see where video fits in, which information the video will communicate the best, and then 
work from there. So I think a lot of people make the mistake of seeing video strategy as its own separate area. But I think people should start looking at video more like they look at, say, design or written content or something where you have a campaign, you know what goals you're trying to achieve, and you know what message you're trying to get across and what aspects of that message are best conveyed through video and where does video actually fit into the bigger picture, you know? Right. Um, any other type of content that you usually create that you want to discuss? Um, I think the main ones are pretty much we do the blog posts, we do guides and videos that are more evergreen. And that kind of, I think that largely covers it. We also have an online community, so that's a lot of users actually participating and sharing their stories and a lot of discussions happening where people are helping each other. So as far as kind of the core strategy for marketing that has just been building around this video mission, I think those are kind of the main components. We've tried to keep it pretty simple. So I think that's worked pretty well for us. It just keeps us focused. And, um, going back to promotion, do you leverage email to promote your content? Yeah, email has been really, really central. And honestly, that wasn't necessarily on purpose at the very beginning. At the beginning, I think we were actually worried that we were leaning too much on our email list. And then at some point someone told us like, wow, you have this great email list that's really excited. Like you should really be leaning on that more. That's amazing. So many companies wish they had that. So I think that was kind of a point where we decided to just lean into the email list and really just keep using it. And our strategy was not that complicated. And I think that worked well for us. Um, we would basically just send one email with one article a week. Occasionally we would send a digest email with a few different articles and we just always really focused on creating high quality, useful content. And one of the biggest things I think too, was that we were really cautious about making that content too Wistia centric. So you always really tried to make it about the customer and about their problems or about the audience member who might not be a customer yet and their problems without ever really shoving the product at them and letting them kind of figure out when they were ready. And so that was helpful for, I think, those early stages when we really just wanted to build those brand advocates and bring people through the door. Going back into creating the, the actual content, are there any tools that you use regularly that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I think, honestly, we keep it pretty basic. One of the main ones is just Google Docs. I think collaboration is amazing, and we do a lot of collaboration. No piece of content here ever is just the work of one person. So one way that we use Google Docs that I think is a bit unique is that we'll often do writing workshops. So if we have a written piece of content, we'll sit down as a group and read it out loud and really edit it together. So I think that's really helped keep the quality up, and those always lead to these really great conversations that kind of help us just hone the brand message and hone how we talk about difficult topics and things like that. So those are helpful not only for that individual article, I think, but also for just the entire brand. And then we'll also do, when we're doing a video script, we'll read that out loud as well as a group. So I think a lot of just like in-person time has ended up being really important. Um, other than that, it's pretty much Google Docs, Trello, to keep track of the schedule and keep track of projects. We use Slack, but I think that comes in a bit less with kind of actually creating the content. And we also, of course, use Wistia a lot because it's what we use to organize our videos, share internal proofs, embed the videos, track the videos. So for the video content, we kind of try to eat our own dog food, use our own tool, and learn from that. So 
Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, Elif, uh, any place you want to send people to stay connected with you, uh, read more about Wistia, stay in touch with the content? Yeah, if people want to check out the blog or the library, those are at wistia.com slash blog and wistia.com slash library. So that's W-I-S-T-I-A. And those are probably the best places to get started if you want to kind of just see what we're talking about, where we're coming from, if you want to learn about video. Awesome. Well, Elias, thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for every everything you, you share with us. I know people are going to have a lot of a lot to do after the interview and I hope to have you again in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Take care. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Elias Courier from Wistia. Hope you took a lot of notes. Hope you're ready to boost up that content marketing efforts. If you have any questions, head on over to rebelgrowth.com for slash episode 71. Leave a comment. Tag me on Twitter at borhafat. Or email me at borha at rebelgrowth.com. Let me know who would you like to be featured on the show. Until next week, guys. Thank you once again. Go out, implement, and keep on growing. <laughs> <laughs>